This is BYBW, the sports gambling podcast that is just redder than Brian Kelly eating the mildest gumbo imaginable that this amazing college football season is coming to an end. Uh, But we are on to championship week. We are fucking fired up about that. Uh, We are joined by Rain Man, who is 28-22 during the season, but 9-4 in what we call our big rubber. And Rain Man, why do we call it the big rubber? Joe, because as the coaching carousel whirls, some things in this world remain constant and lovely. The oysters, pearls. And one of those things is the big rubber. And after having hit an insane six in a row, six, and BYBW moving to an aggregate 19-7 and seven on the season, that's 73%, the big rubber should be unfurled as the anointed one. Like Lincoln Riley, who's being hailed as single-handedly saving the entire Pac-12, the big rubber can single-handedly save your entire bankroll. Just bet a little more. And this week, we back Kenny Pickett and his New York campaign. And we are smitten with Pitten, baby. Lock of the week, rain money, let's go. Was that a smitten with Pitten I caught there? That was a smitten with Pitten. You heard it on BYBW first. Mark Whipple, Mark Whipple, Mark Whipple, Capper on the other end of the podcast. If you say his name three times, it's like uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, Capper on the other end of the podcast. Just be careful. Um, uh, yeah, he becomes your offensive coordinator. Uh, what you have been just, what a season for you. 31 and 21 against the spread. We did it again. But still coming, Capper. In this big rubber segment, you are ten and three against the against the spread with your favorite pick of the week. What is your favorite pick of championship week? Not as long of a winning streak as Rainman, actually. I've only got five in a row here. Oh uh, no! But this this matchup I'm pointing at, it's two fighters in a different weight class, much like myself and Rainman. Baylor has no chance <laughs> against. Oh, I love this! I have a shot OSU at tying you on the season. Oh, okay, I all, right. See you, all right. I just see you sitting on Rain Man. He's just wailing his arms. He can't move. He can't move at all. <laughs> just over. Oh, just over fucking whelmed. Taking your lunch money, buddy. Listen, man. It's the real coach JB here. Man, I hear you've been hanging out with the wrong fucking crowd like a slapdick you are, man. Everybody thought you were fucking smart and all that shit because you watch CNN and MSNBC and fucking Fox News and all that. Sounds like you're a fucking dreamer. You're getting dumber. Get your fucking ass figured out. Go watch the real show. Watch BYBW. Check your game up. Stop being a slap dick. Make today a great day. All right, this is BYBW. You can follow us on Instagram at BYBW Podcast. Uh, we uh, also, you know what? Give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed our podcast. If you enjoyed uh, Capper picking over 60%, if you enjoyed our big rubbers, if you really felt anything at all. Um, I've been advocating for five stars. I'll settle for four. Let's be reasonable. It's this shit isn't cereal, but five that would be outstanding. Uh, cereal season an one anyway. Uh, we're uh, we uh, save save it for later. Uh, we're going to. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to. We're going to be on this uh, new app. We're on the new app. It's called uh, Colorcast. Uh, it's essentially uh, we're going to be talking uh, this Sunday night football. Ball. It's uh, Broncos at Chiefs on this app, Colorcast. You can uh, download it and listen to our own commentary on the game. We're all going to be on the no score as every Sunday night football. The best bet in sports, correct, boys? Yeah, other than the rubber, yeah, second best bet in sports. No score, six minutes, six and a half, whatever you're offered. They never score.
Sunday Sunday night football no score. It's a it's a proud tradition. BYBW, we want you to be along for that ride and then stay for the whole game. We're gonna be betting on all sorts of just stupid shit. That's uh one of the true. That's really one of the only things that makes the NFL watchable. Let's let's be real. Uh, so that's uh the app Colorcast on the App Store. I don't know. I'm not gonna tell you I don't download a fucking app. Uh, in addition to that, I uh let's uh touch on coaching changes. Those are. Of course, in the news, um, a lot of just like crazy shit. Honestly, it's the craziest. I can't recall anything like this, anything like we've seen these past few days in terms of just like the landscape of college football shifting. Here's the take. Here's the take. Let's hear the take. Oh, please, please give me one. Give me the one. I am not upset with Brian Kelly about his four minute speech to the team this morning. Other than the fact that he made them wake up at 6 a.m. to You don't think they had practice anyways? I think that's Uh, the the worst reported story. I don't think, like, he didn't say anything bad. Like, I know it was short and sweet, but, like, what else can the guy say at that point? At least he faced the the team. I'm sorry for killing that kid. That meeting wasn't Uh, only about Brian Kelly leaving. It was also about the transition and what you're doing going forward. Because they're still they still have games to play potentially. They have a bowl game and maybe even unlikely a CFP berth. They were gonna be there anyways. They would they didn't call that meeting just for Brian Kelly. He is a dickhead and I hate him, but Yeah, he's uh, terrible. (laughs) Great and leaving leaving for LSU, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Like No, I'm how do you think he's gonna how do you think he's going to do there? He's going to kill it. He'll probably win a national he'll championship. He'll be the first LSU like the coach with brains, did. and he'll thrive there because he'll be able to recruit there. He'll get the right people underneath him because he's a great administrator. He has, he's sort of a Nick Saban type in that way. Uh, and like we know he has, the, he has the chops to coach. He's been going toe-to-toe with lesser talent or equal talent for a while against a lot of his foes. And he's, he's been successful at every level. Won a, won a D2 conference championship. Successful at Cincinnati, successful at Notre Dame. He'll be successful at LSU. You can't. I, one thing you can't accuse Notre Dame of is a lack of talent. They constantly. Yeah, you're right. Cause then they the get NFL. blown out in the playoff games. So I, I am interested to see how his pitch. If you're being recruited by, if you're a Southern kid, you're being recruited by Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, Brian Kelly. Those guys are in your living room. I don't know if I'm thinking like I want to enjoy my college experience at at, at all. <laughs> like, uh, LSU going, doesn't go toe to toe with Bama anyways. Though it's more of they're just yeah, gonna yeah, try yeah. to keep to the Louisiana LSU. people in town and to take some Texas folks. Uh, um, I don't know, man. If, if Les Miles and Ed Ogeron can win a championship, national championship at LSU, then anyone can. I mean, that's sort of that's sort of that's the basically I'm, the mindset here. So the flip side of that coin is Marcus Freeman, which you're going to see all over the internet as an amazing hire. And I'm here to tell you, he'd be a great hire for like a Duke or maybe even an Iowa State type program. But for the head coach of Notre Dame, you have to be fucking kidding me. He's the disrespect. He's been the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame for what, one or two years? One year. One year. Fine. Had a hell of a year. Hell of a year for Marcus Freeman coaching that defense under Brian Kelly. And he was also just the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. He hasn't proven himself. Yeah, I know he's a hell of a recruiter, but we saw what happened to Capel when he left Duke for Pitt and basketball, and this just screams lazy hire to me. So here's here's where I (laughs) I disagree with you, Rain Man. 
I think my response to you is Lincoln Riley for Bob Stoops. You have a good coordinator in the toe. They're young. But the biggest thing is you have a program that's winning and you want to keep momentum. Do you want to bring in a new That's fine, but wasn't Lincoln Riley there for a bit? Yeah, but the I guess the bigger point is, is Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman's been there for a bit. He was the DB's coach or linebackers coach. If you bring in a brand new coach, if you bring in a brand new head man, they're going to change out all the staff. They're going to change out all the all the systems. They're going to change out all the momentum. Notre Dame has a top five recruiting class right now. I think if you're Notre Dame, you're riding on a great streak, and you want to keep the momentum going. In house is a, is is a lot safer. I think it's probably cheaper too. My a, guess is he doesn't command a big as big a contract, even though it's Notre Dame. We'll see though. Well, I think it's kind of a, I think it's kind of a coup because you don't have to fight and you don't have to have a national search out and you know like you're the last major team to have a to not be with the head coach at this point. Uh, you don't want that to drag on at this point. You no, know, I signing I, day coming up. Like you have to have somebody in there. That is a prominent recruiter. That is like the face of the program. Um, you strike out with Luke Fickle. You strike out with Matt Campbell. Like those are the big names, right? That like Notre Dame could go after. Did they? I don't think like, they said. They said. Well, you're saying that they. If they I'm said saying like no. if they if they don't hire Marcus Freeman here because like I think it, it's a logical choice for them um, to continue. Wait, that wait, wait, like wait, 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 wait. You think Marcus? Who Freeman is Notre Dame going to go choice? get? Who's Notre Dame going to go get? You don't think they called Luke Fickle? I'm sure they did. They but called Luke Fickle first. Don't be. An I idiot. think I'm sure they did, but Luke I think, Fickle's about to play in a college football playoff. He passed, man. You think I did? He pass? Is that the rumor out there? I, I would that. not be shocked if he passed. Also, there are rumors. I and I think this actually was a panic move. This isn't even a re- rumor. It's been reported. Marcus Freeman was going to follow. Uh, to LSU, and I think that so Notre Dame desperation move. I don't think he did to keep him. I think so. He, I, think I know he hates there's Brian Kelly. I want to try to because how everyone could you hates not? Brian. Everyone hates Brian <laughs> Kelly. Please let's uh, let's but let's talk. Of course, this is how crazy a time it's been. Is like we haven't touched on Lincoln Riley. What was previously the craziest fucking thing to happen? OU's been good for just twenty years. They had. Like I mentioned before, there was continuity between Stoops and Ryan and uh, Lincoln Riley in terms of a culture and grain there. And overnight, he's like he's gotten the place. He's uh, he he took the job, and it's it's messy. Best hire in college football history, worth every penny. Oh. He is going to bring all the juice back to USC. And even if he isn't the best X's and O's coach, which he might be on offense anyways, uh, he's going to get the talent mismatch at USC to be one of the best teams in the country very, very shortly. And they're not just buying Lincoln Riley. They're buying all the recruits that want to play for him, which people can laugh at me, but that's very different. You don't have people lining up from Notre Dame to flip commitments to LSU. You will be seeing that with Lincoln Riley to USC and he's been recruiting California this actually isn't all this reporting coming out today this is not a surprise he's known he's taken this USC job the second it opened up and people are saying that he had an assistant coach recruiting for USC over the last three weeks which is hilarious so my push against Oklahoma State doesn't look so bad anymore uh I mean Here's what it's I'll pretty, say for this. This one is the one that like rubs you the wrong way. But this is college. Sports I, right what? Now. Here's what I'll say. I guess what it's I'll say theater. about this, as far as like you're saying, it's an absolute home run. I have some questions. Like he took over a fully loaded program 
from Bob Stoops. The quarterback was Baker Mayfield at the time. They were coming over af- off of an 11-2 and season. He's going to the West Coast where he's never coached before. Yes, he's recruiting well down there. Yes, he can get players. But let me say, has USC had trouble fucking recruiting ever? Like, has is, is the problem ever been that they can't get In recent guys? memory, yes, because of sanctions. But they're going to be recruiting nationally now, even if they don't need Lincoln- to. Lincoln Riley, here's what I'll say. Lincoln Riley has never built a program before. Lincoln Riley has three quarterbacks starting in the NFL. I'm I'm a little concerned about uh, the coaches he brought with him. Yeah. Alex Grinch well, he, he stinks. Brought, he's not, he's like fine. <laughs> he's fine. Like you can get whoever you want to when you go to USC. Yeah, you can also fire these coaches next year and get whoever he wants to. That doesn't matter. This is always like the classic. This is always the classic thing, though. It's like I don't the know coach that he's ever. Over that's there, the thing. guys. I don't know that he's ever done that before. Can we also like, really like the USC guys. He, he fired. He fired. He fired. He fired Mark Stoops, which was fucking hard to do. I know. Uh, Mike Stoops, the worser, the worst Stoops. <laughs> um, so like he has like I no I Lincoln Riley is a fantastic coach. That's like beyond question based on his record, based on everything else. All I'm saying is. The idea that it's a slam dunk and there aren't potential hazards here, I think, uh, is being overlooked by some people. He'll he'll win a ton. Uh, how's Cristobal feeling this morning? How's fucking Chip Kelly feeling this morning? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Chip Kelly is dead inside. He's been dead. Like, who's even the coach at Cal? Like, you're. It's true. Like, the Pac-12 is such a mess. Like, who's it? Who's standing in your way? And USC they, has the pedigree to always there get the are, benefit of the there doubt. There are apparently rumors that Whittingham's retiring, which is like, God, I'd fucking retire. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. <man. laughs> uh, I think like I, I we 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 spent a decent amount of time on this, but it's also really interesting. It's like changed. Uh, the landscape of college football. I think the last one that's at least worth touching on because I also think it's a really fucking good hire. Billy Napier at Florida, under the radar. But exactly what Florida needs, someone who can build a program over a couple of years. They will not be relevant in the next one or two. But kind of like what Mike Norvell's doing, I think Billy Napier can do that in Florida. I, I um, think he's a guy. I think Billy Napier has way more experience than Lincoln Riley building a program. Uh, it's surprising because, like, a month ago when all these coaches started getting fired, um, all of these teams and, and programs got the coach they wanted. Yeah. Which, like, you were starting to think, like, all these teams and, and none were just of getting the, shot and down, none of those, shot down, shot down. And none of those people were James Franklin. Uh, That's very true. They didn't want him. <laughs> but people he, forgot about James Franklin real he quick. He has a great agent, uh, clearly. I think, years, I think James Franklin wanted to sentence, stay in Penn State. I agree. There to was 10 no years reason for him in, to live. In, no reason uh, to live. College, uh, whatever it is. Who gives a shit? The idea... Franklin's a, was like a Pennsylvania lifer. It made a ton of sense that he would stay put. It makes a ton of sense for Luke Fickle to stay put. So um, there's 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 one big job left then. Now that Notre Dame's been hired, OU. Who's who's your who's your ideal fit for OU? My ideal fit? I'll, I'll let good Joe go first. But I have a, there's a correct answer here. Uh. This is the this is the obvious one everyone throws out, but I think uh, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Matt Campbell. Obviously, Lane Kiffin. He's the person who can keep that identity rolling, and the only person who can make OU the offensive juggernaut in the SEC. Also, he's just like hungover enough to be OU's coach. He has like the grit and whatever else is like 
comes with being that fucking identity of yeah, the program. He's earned it. First 10 win season in Ole Miss history. Crazy. I'm, um, I've gotten carpal tunnel tonight because I've written 175 handwritten letters to the AD at OU to take Steve Sarkeesian. That's the answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, send... Uh, can we send Steve Sarkeesian for a coach to be named later? Please, God, uh, take him. You want him. You want him. Uh, Nothing would be better than taking the Texas head coach, right? So we... Uh, so that yeah, we we covered we covered the coaching carousel quite a time, but now we have, uh, of course, a wonderful a wonderful segment. It is our celebrity cameo back once again. It came in in time. It was a little dicey. Twenty four hour order from Rain Man. Your cameo pick this week. This is of course we go on cameo, pick a random celebrity, we tell him to give us a game, um, or her. Uh, and Rain Man, who is our celebrity this week? I'll let him do the talking. I don't think he needs any announcement at this point. Play the theme music. Joe, Capper, um, look, I didn't know what I was doing a couple weeks ago. I mean, I strategized based on uniforms. Um, and Utah pulled it off, so I'm sorry. Zach Gilford for Friday okay, Night Lights. Apologize. In case you're not. I'm trying to do a little research on this one for the big QB1. Alabama. Georgia game, and I'm a little torn. Uh, you know, I reached out to a buddy of mine, but he's an Auburn fan, so you <laughs> know mad. he just hates Alabama. <laughs> um, but I did a little research, and I kind of feel like Georgia's defense is super duper legit, like one of the best in modern day college That's football. Right. And their offense, like just like Midland Lee, is pretty good That's as well. You know, it's not the, the best, the most exciting. Um, I know Alabama's good against the run, and that's kind of their strong point. But I think uh, Georgia's quarterback's going to get it done. I'm going to have to leave Georgia, lean Georgia, not just because they're the number one and they're the favorite, yeah, this but is big. this is big. I don't think Alabama can pull this one off, and I don't really yeah. like Nick Saban. So there's that too. <laughs> so anyway, Utah, I'm Nick go Saban, QB one, not. A I think they'll cover the spread. Nick Saban. Let's I don't go. think uh, I don't Alabama's think... as good as everyone thinks they are. I don't so, think Nick Saban can get it done. That's my gut. You know, that's my inner Saracen. I love <laughs> the um, Martingale strategy with you guys. I hope it pays <laughs> off. Um, and I really hope I don't steer you guys wrong this time. Good luck. I'm gonna be watching the game. I followed the game that last time, and I was like, oh fuck, I. <laughs> this time I'm telling you good advice and I'm going to watch the game and I'm going to be cheering the whole way I might even put some money down alright y'all peace our guy QB1 not a fan of Saban is a fan of the Martingale strategy so we're doubling up this week on Georgia I like I just love having I love having Jafar and Matt Saracen going back to back just giving us fucking hits bangers every week every week you on know he's going to be watching this game thinking about this pick too. That's the best part. That was. It sounded uh, like it sounded like he was hurt. He was. He, he went over. He one. was hurt That's by the what worst Utah record did. you can have. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be going back to Matt some point during during the bowl season. We do. I really want to get a question about Voodoo Tatum into him next time. I hope we can make that happen. I have so many curiosities. I just like player comps. How good? What was Voodoo's ceiling? Um... <laughs> I think, uh, but in the meantime, we have a lot of we have a lot of really good games, a lot of really fun games. Uh, what a week of college football! But and there's still some some ga- some fun to come. Uh, 
And these are, I guess you can call this the weekly, right? This is the this weekly. Is the picks. These Roll are the, the picks. drop. I don't know. This is very confusing to me. I hope I picked the right one. Winners, 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 winners. I feel 10 feet tall right now. The weekly. As strong as it all. This is the weekly. These are the picks that count, the picks that matter, the picks that make you money for the last time this season, championship week. Uh. We have, I guess we can start with uh, Capper's Big Rubber on the slate, which is the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State is favored against Baylor, minus five and a half. It feels like it's a win in their end situation. Um, and you, you like the cover in the points. It feels like it. Unless it's Alabama gonna wins. Yeah. They, need, they need one loss. And I think, Alabama. well, I, if yeah, if you're saying, if Bama loses. Or Michigan loses. Oki State. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, had a fantastic season. Um, Spencer Sanders, like, they, like they've done everything right to this point. They've won the Big 12 uh, invitation to the championship game, played fantastic defense all year round. Like, their defense, defense is just setting records for the Big 12 because nobody ever in the Big 12 played defense to this standard until Oklahoma State this year. Second defense that's in not, FBI. That's not true. Ever Second. in the history of the entire Big 12. Second you're ranked just, Including in the black you're just, you're just saying words. That's only behind Georgia. So here's what I will say. Jim Knowles, their defensive coordinator, he should be getting either more money or a bigger job. He, They are, they have been outstanding. Speaking of better hires than Marcus Freeman. Um, Take it easy. I think, I think this one boils down to there is a team that is built up to this point, like Mike Gundy has built this team to this point. Like the, it's very veteran team on both defense and offense at quarterback, at running back, at wide receiver, at defensive, really back, good at, on the defensive line, like super veteran team with a ton of experience versus a Baylor team that like Dave Aranda started building two years ago. Uh, that is way ahead of schedule and played fantastic defense all year round. But the offense was lacking at a lot of points in the year, and I just like don't think you walk into a Big Twelve championship game against a defense of this caliber and like you put up points against them. Like I, I think um, this one boils down to a much better offense and a much better defense versus like a very good defense and a subpar offense. Well, I'll um, object Bohannon, right Bohannon there to much better offense. Oklahoma long. State. Ranked 57 in offense. Baylor ranked 32. True, true. And and Baylor was really good running the football all year long in the Big 12. But, like, Oklahoma State's forte is stopping the run. They've done nothing but that all year long. And, like, they've struggled a little bit against quarterbacks that can pass the pass the ball, throw the football down the field. Baylor didn't have that. Now Baylor doesn't Bo, have that. Bohannon's injured, probably going to be Blake Shapen playing, who has looked okay. Miranda okay. is coming in and saying, like, we want to control the clock. We want to control the football. We want to run the ball. That's not a recipe that you go into a game against Oklahoma State with. Like, it's just not. Like, this is a team that is super successful against stopping the pass. And so, like, when you say and you know that, like, the team can only do one thing and that's, st- that's run the football, you key in on that. You make adjustments to say – you know what? You're not running the ball. You're not passing the ball. You're not doing anything. The defense is way too good for you. We have way better athletes than you all over the field. 
And uh, that's not true. Like none they of do. this. Capper's babbling now, so let's they cut him off. They definitely do. No, yeah, Cap, Capper, yeah, Capper, I'm going to cut you off here. Cut. I don't think this this isn't. I don't think it's a talent mismatch. Like I do think like Oklahoma State, you can say is a is a more veteran like team. Spencer Sanders that's is like thing, very. Though. Spencer That's Sanders the has they're been playing way, much better. He has struggled. way more experienced and way more talented. In, in Forty-seven spots. sacks on the season for Oklahoma State. Yeah, no one's doubting the defense. Move on. Yeah, I think. That's the are thing, you in though. agreement That's with this key. pick? Do you like? No, do you like I, Baylor I actually, in this I, I like Baylor here. I think so. The the strengths on both these teams with their defense. Oklahoma State's been great on defense. Baylor's been pretty good too. Ranked 18 in the country. Not bad. The only reason why I didn't lock up Baylor is because of the quarterback being injured slash maybe not playing. Uh, I like Baylor a lot. Spencer Sanders had the best game of his three-year career at Oklahoma State last week in Bedlam. Do not expect that to repeat. Expect regression. And you know what I really like about this? One, this line is begging the public to take Oklahoma State. But two, what did we just see with Duke basketball after they beat Gonzaga? They fucking laid an egg. And what did we see after Oklahoma State finally, after a decade, only winning one game against OU beats them? They might lay an egg against Baylor. I might sprinkle some money line here. Really appreciate you somehow sneaking a Duke basketball Duke reference basketball into this Oklahoma State Baylor. Well, preview. I, this going to be I, a so, defensive game. You're getting a, you're getting a line over a field goal. I'm taking the points. Let's let's move on to the other rubber. This is one you guys are on the same side of. Rainman and Capper are both on pit minus three. Uh, I like I like the pick too. Wake has had a fantastic season, but they feels like they've run out of a little gas down the stretch. Absolutely, um, dropped two of their last four. People aren't talking about that. They should be. Uh, Pitt. I dived into the numbers here, and I was surprised because Sam Hartman, America's true Heisman, no doubt. But Kenny Pickett's numbers are way better than his. Kenny Pickett is forty. 40- touchdowns and seven interceptions on the season with 4,066 pass yards. Sam Hartman has 34 touchdowns on the season, 10 interceptions, and 3,700 pass yards. So Kenny Pickett is outplaying Sam Hartman. Pitt is averaging more yards per game on offense. Did not expect that by 35 total. And Wake, one of the worst defenses in the country. They're not going to be able to stop Pickett. They're not going to be able to stop Pitt. They're not going to be able to stop the Heisman hopes or at least the New York hopes smitten for Pitten. Uh, Wake dropped two the last four. They, yeah, they beat that. BC last week, but they were riddled by the flu, so you kind of got to throw that game out. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. Um, no, I don't I don't disagree. This might be an all play here. It's very true. Uh, Pickett, he should be in. Yeah, he should be in New York. Uh, I think he will be after this. Should, if if they win the ACC, he should probably win the Heisman. He's gonna straight up like whoever wins the Heisman. Or whoever wins the ACC, the quarterback with this team should win. He's definitely in a spot to throw for like seven touchdowns, realistically, if, if he if he if he wants to, and Pitt's defense doesn't uh, play that good. So we'll see. Well, I mean, you look at it, the total seventy two and a half, right? Yep. That's crazy. What do you do when you see a total over seventy? You take the over. Yeah, pound the you over. Take the over. Um, you know how good Wake Forest's offense is with Sam Harbin at the helm. Um, and you know how good Kenny Pickett's been all all year long. Um, they have scored when they needed to. They've scored a ton of points um, against really good defenses in the ACC. Like um, they they've just done a really good job. And I think their defense is way better than Wake Forest at this point of the season. 
Um, they can stop the run. They can like zero in on Sam Hartman. They have a the really, secondary. they have a real stop in the past. They have a real, like, real good defensive line. I really like them in the trenches. Good sack rate, can, top twenty in the country. Can, very good say, defensive line. Say what you will for Pat Narduzzi, but it's a pretty fundamentally. They seem pretty, pretty fucking rock solid team he has there. Um, he did kick that uh, field goal that one time though, so I never forget. Motherfucker. Uh, let's get to uh, not just the game of the weekend, the game of the year. Everyone's been, everyone's known this game is going to happen all season. They've been waiting for it. Uh, that's the SEC championship, of course. Alabama against Georgia in the Georgia Dome. Uh, the spread is six and a half, which, uh, considering the dominance of Georgia, I guess makes sense. But of course, it's Alabama. It's Bama in this spot. Rain Man, you like Bama. Uh, you like Georgia, given the points. Uh, Capper's on Bama. Uh, Rain Man, I'll let you plead your case first why you feel comfortable laying the points. Yeah, I, I got quite the case here. I'm going to call it my treatise. I almost made this my lock of the week you don't until need I to, realized though. that 82% of betters were on Georgia. And that's a huge red flag, but I'm going with the world on this one. <laughs> so Georgia's had six second-half drives all season where they were not leading by 14 or more points. Five of those were against Clemson. So only one drive the entire season in the second half where Georgia wasn't leading by over 50 points. That's insane. Georgia ended up beating Kentucky 30-13. to 13. The game wasn't particularly close. Now, teams are scoring an average of 6.9 points per game against Georgia, by far number one in the country. Second is Clemson at 15. Joe, weekly reminder, Clemson's actually good at football, okay. and it's keeping this competitive against Capper. Since he third at 15.9, we'll get to that later. Meanwhile, Georgia is ranked sixth in offensive points per game, so it's not, as Matt Saracen said, their offense is no slouch. They're averaging 40.7. Alabama is one notch ahead at 42.3. Good for two points. But it's comical at this mismatch. We say these offenses are pretty similar. The defenses are very different with Georgia playing a lot better. Georgia's averaging uh, 42.7, or Alabama's averaging 42.7, which I just said. But against LSU, Arkansas, and Auburn in their last three games there, they're only averaging 24. Defenses have figured out Alabama. They have figured out Bryce Young. They have blitzed him and taken away the quick reads. So by Bryce Young's pass completion percentage is going down and the offensive efficiency is going down, the only thing going up are these like sort of long plays, which is keeping Bama in these games and allowing Bama to win and get back in these games. But that's not going to happen at Georgia because Georgia doesn't need to blitz to get pressure on the quarterback, which means their defensive backs can drop into coverage. The dogs harass the quarterback without blitzing. They're ninth in sack rate, but only 80th in blitzes uh, per possession. And they're going to be able to swap all these short passes as well. So this is just one of those mismatch read games. I think Georgia's the much better team, and they're uniquely suited to beat Alabama and Bryce Young, which is weird to say. The game is in Atlanta as well. Oh, man, give me the dogs. America's going to be the winner on this one. Uh, yeah, I'll let Capper. That's I'll the treatise. Since, it's one, since uh, it was a pick that you felt pretty good about, I'll let you state your case here. Uh, I have no in six paragraphs or less. I have no retort to anything that was just said. Yeah, um, Georgia is clearly the better football team here. They clearly have the more dominant offense, defensive line. They clearly have the more dominant defensive secondary. Uh, the offense has been super efficient, led by Stetson Bennett. Who, when you mm -hmm. look into it, uh, that's obviously the guy you think is going to win a national championship three months. They've ago, gotten right? too much shit at the beginning of the year. Um, 
there's nothing going for Alabama here in this spot other than their name, right? Like Alabama football dynasty of the last decade, Nick Saban at the helm. So to me, you have to take Alabama football. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nick Saban <laughs> is 24 and one against his former assistants, including 0 and three against or three and 0 against Kirby smart. Um, Bryce young really struggled last weekend. Jimbo, what was the year the first loss happened? Jimbo just just beat him for the first time um, as an assistant. Floodgates Jimbo is 1-4 against Nick Saban. Uh, Kirby has not lost his fourth game yet, but he will this weekend. Um, this, like, this game just screams an Alabama bounce back. Like We've seen it 100 times before in this Nick Saban era of Alabama football. He has these moments where, like, you think the team is fallible, and then all of a sudden, like, they just come out, guns blazing. They have the perfect game plan, and they keep games competitive, and they win games outright. Like, that, like that's just what he's done at Alabama. Um, it, it scares me because, like, this Georgia team is the best football team in the country, um, but it's also a Georgia team that is guaranteed a playoff spot. It's also a Georgia team that has really not been tested um, in the second half of the season. I know they played some really good teams early in the season, but like in the second half, like their offense has taken entire second halves off. Um, their defense has rested starters. The, like I don't I, like it's difficult to say like that you like you're in the thick of thick of things every single weekend, and then all of a sudden like you can just say like. Mm. This weekend doesn't matter. We played uh, College of Charleston. This this weekend doesn't matter. We played Vanderbilt this weekend. So we got to rest our starters after the second quarter. Bama hasn't done that. Bama's been Bama's been in the thick. I, I'm a little concerned about Brian Robinson Jr. being missing this weekend. The thing that sort of interests me in this like in this matchup, or at least like what I notice, is this Georgia team actually reminds me of those sort of early 2010s Nick Saban teams that were more built around the run game manager at quarterback just smother your fucking opponent with your defense and what what's but what's peculiar is the only teams that beat those bama teams were the ones that could spread them out and score the ball and then that those bama teams were not equipped to score quickly and nick saban ended up altering his whole program to the current offense he has now in response to that, and here's what I'm in what what you touched on, Cap, that I'm interested in is Georgia hasn't really played in a close game outside the Clemson game. What's going to happen if they are in a close game? But much worse, what's going to happen if Alabama gets up 17 nothing, 17 three? If Georgia is in this position where they need to pass late in a game, I um I don't know I don't it's know that quite that's going to happen. I'm just um, saying they I, aren't equipped. I, I'm to, also catch up i'm if also they need not to. super impressed by uh george's passing attack like i i know stetson betts bennett has been super stetson efficient betson. all year long stetson betson stetson betson um has completed passes down the field i know they've they've been missing the number one receiver all year and he finally came back but like that this is a team that has just like played dominant defense run the football down your throat um Pushed you into submission, completed like short intermediate passes down the field, put up points quickly, and then like you put the offense back out there. 
that's not what you can do against an Alabama football team. Like, it doesn't matter how bad they are because they're definitely down this year. Um, but when the line is at six and a half, you know it's not getting to seven. Mm. You know it's not. I mean, I'm going to – I'm inclined to – this. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out regardless. I – man – it's tough to bet against Bam in this spot, but I will say this game, if Georgia does win and if Georgia dominates, then every playoff game is going to have like a 20-point spread. I, I will I will push back on the fact that like I, I think there's like a narrative out there that Georgia doesn't care about this game because they're guaranteed a playoff spot. Uh, I disagree. I would disagree with that. significantly about this game. Like they want to win the SEC championship because they've yeah, never they been able to do Yeah, they want to beat Alabama and win the SEC. Um, under Kirby Smart, they've never been able to beat Alabama. Like that's the dragon. Like this if is, you if you don't get smog. up if you don't get up for an SEC championship against Alabama, you I don't know what you're what are you doing here? Um, but but it's a team that is limited to me. Like they're like Stetson Bennett is not the quarterback that is that is like. This is such a joke. That was hand number one team win. on defense. Number six team on offense is limited. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> They're not one and one. I don't like. You've seen it all year. Like you know who they played. They played like who is the who is the best team they played in the East? It doesn't matter. They haven't played anyone close. Yeah. Who cares? We're you know what we're ta- we're running in circles here. I do think there there's good cases on both sides. We have a couple of more games on the slate that I want to touch on. Um, the Big Ten, of course, uh, championship game uh, where we have Michigan favored by I've seen 11 and a half and I've seen 10 and a half against uh, Iowa. Uh, Spencer Petrus, who uh, had a quote talking about how uh, the Big Ten is so different from the Big 12 because he can't stand back there for 4.5 seconds. Dude, if you, I've seen this fucking guy play. He could have 30 hours he back sucks. there and wouldn't complete a fucking pass. Uh, but He's anyhow, who do we, who do we, I guess you guys are split once again on this game. Capper, you're taking Iowa with the points. Raymond, you're on Michigan. Oh boy. If Michigan blows this fucking game, can you imagine? It would be hilarious. Uh, yeah. I just think, first of all, Michigan has RLM, uh, 4% of betters on Michigan line moved from 10 to 10 and a half or 11. I don't think this is another mismatched game. Iowa really struggles on offense. Michigan very, very good on defense, especially with Aiden Hutchinson going for another New York invite, similar to Kenny Pickett. Uh, I just don't think Iowa's going to be able to score. I think Michigan will be able to run the ball and score. The mismatch here isn't on defense, where they're holding 319 and 315 yards a game, respectively. But Michigan's averaging 450, 451 yards on offense. Iowa, 299. That's a huge difference. Sam Petras, as you mentioned, Joe, nine touchdowns and six Spencer, interceptions of the season. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Does it matter? No. Uh, it I doesn't. Also he's don't, irrelevant. I also don't think he's playing this weekend. Uh, the it Iowa offense is putrid. Uh, he's not gone, playing and you're taking and Iowa? Him, he isn't playing? I think Padilla got benched. Peaches is back oh, in the God. mix because defend your pit capper. Um, there's nothing to like about Iowa here, uh, and frankly, I don't really like this game that much. But I will take Iowa plus ten and a half um, because I I think they do enough well on defense to uh, stymie the Michigan attack that has not been super impressive. Like you know what you know what Michigan's going to do. They line up. They're going to pound the ball down your throat, right? Michigan. Iowa is equipped to. Stop that. Ohio State is hey, not. McNamara's been fine. Uh, McNamara's been fine. 
Um, but the secondary is elite. They don't need extra help in the secondary. And so, like, I think they can key in on the run here. I think they can stop the run, slow it down enough to keep this game within 10.5. I don't know. Like, it, it just seems screams too many points for a... Yeah. I think this is a I Michigan team that just 20, played like 20, the game of their thir- career. It's a twenty thirteen like, These are the four-year, um, three-year guys that have played um, 35, 40-plus games trying to beat Ohio State, and they finally did it. And, like, this is a letdown spot. Like, they, they're they they're going to win this game. They're going to make it to the college football playoff. But, like, it's 10.5 points. It's too many points. I'm, well, I'm mostly interested to see if Aiden Hutchinson is going to get – have a Heisman moment because I think if he has a Heisman moment it's wide open enough that like I'm talking a strip sack it's definitely possible this year especially like so if Bama loses and Bryce Young doesn't win it who wins it Kenny Pickett should CJ can Pitt wins what's What's to stop? What's to stop them from like lining up Hutchinson in a tight end spot? That's a, this that's that would be awesome. Yeah, fullback on the goal line, getting given the Desmond Howard in the end zone. That's the play. Like you know, like that would, that be, would, the be, that would I, be the moment. It would be over. If I'm Michigan, if you really want to, man, would that be one way to just punctuate the season before they get fucking rocked by Georgia in the playoff? Um, Let's go. We have to do it now. Uh, ne- now next never. game on the slate, a uh, rematch we got between Utah and Oregon. Utah just demolished Oregon earlier in the in the year, but they are favored by minus three in the Pac-12 championship. This one's not being played in Utah. It's being played in Vegas, and it's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team twice, even though even though they did destroy them. The, it's a close game. We're both of you guys like Oregon in this spot. Yeah, I'm taking Oregon, plus the points. Yeah, I'm also yeah. in Oregon. I don't really love this um, game. It's tough. Utah dominated last time around, but it was at altitude. They jumped out early. I think they demoralized Oregon. Don't see that happening again. Expect this game to be close, so I'll take the points. Both of these. Is, yeah. there, any, is there any concern about the entire offensive line being distracted, taking calls from Lincoln Riley in the middle of the game? <laughs> I was going to say, like, or the entire team being distracted by the fact that Mario Cristobal wants to be coaching in Miami. Yeah. Um, it's it's just like a – it's a weird spot because I think I think Utah is as good as Oregon, but in a neutral spot, like, Oregon has better athletes than Utah. Like, that's just the fact of the matter. Anthony Brown played fantastic last weekend, but he was really bad against Utah. Um, I, I think that was like the circumstance of the moment more than like who he is as a, as a quarterback. I don't think he's super great, but like, I think he can do enough here to, uh, win the PAC 12 championship for Oregon. Like that, that's been, that's been their thing. Like that's, that's what they've been playing for. Like we know, like as good as Oregon has been, as good as their ratings are, like we know they weren't playing for the college football playoff. PAC 12 championship is a Rose very good consolation for them. Uh, what a, I I don't know. I, I think it's enough. I uh I, I I kind of I'm inclined I'm inclined to agree. Even though Utah did look really good, I do like that defense. Uh, more oh, they were sick. That was so awesome. Morgan Scaly's done a good job. Um, I yeah, we can move on to the to the last game on the slate, which is like pretty interesting actually, because of course there are huge playoff impl- implications. This could be the year the mid major finally breaks through. Cincinnati minus ten and a half 
against a very, very good Houston squad. They beat, they lost Texas Tech their first game, and they've won out since then. Um, it's Yeah, it's 10.5 points. It's a playoff spot on the line. Uh, where are you guys leaning? Do you think Houston, who's looked pretty solid, do they show up in this spot? No. Uh, 75% no. of people are on no. Houston, which really, really surprised me, but gave me – it gave me the permission structure to bet Cincinnati here, which which is what I which is what I want to do. Uh, Cincinnati has not just gone out and dominated these last two years to lose this game. They also may need style points if Oklahoma State does very strong against Baylor's backup quarterback. They may not, but they're definitely they're a reason right. to put up points and to win this comfortably. The game's at Nippert. That's the true thing that takes it over the edge for me. It's a true home game, so I'm taking Cincy and I'm giving the points. They are um, they're built to beat a team like Houston. Um, Houston has played very, very good, efficient offense uh, through their passing game with Clayton Toon the last few weeks. Leading into this game, like it's a very talented Houston roster, but Cincinnati is just frat, flat out better than them in every aspect. And they've got the guys in the secondary that have just dominated all year long. They've shut down SMU. They shut down ECU like they like they are playing their best football right now, leading into the college football playoff. Um, Kobe Bryant, eleven passes defensed. Brian Cook, seven passes defensed, three interceptions. Sauce Bush, three interceptions, Sauce. six passes defensed. Like those guys Sauce. are electric in the secondary. They are going to shut down the UH pass uh, offense, and like Desmond Ritter has been fantastic. Has had some blips along the way, but like that guy is going to win his AAC championship. And this is going to be the first group of five team to make the college football playoff. Like, this is guaranteed. And this probably guaranteed. the last in the They're going to beat format. them by two touchdowns, at least. It's fucking in. It's, yeah, this it is, going is to insanity to me that anyone can make the. Like, I'm like, anyone who's making the case, oh, it's a mid major team, they played George. They barely, barely lost to Georgia last year. In, in a BCS bowl, and people have the gall to still question it. It's wild to me. It's a fantastic football team. Just like... Like, top to bottom, offensively, defensively. The defense has been spectacular. They played so well. Um, but the offense yeah. has played if they as get, well. Like, the, uh, the offense has been really good. If they get screwed out of a playoff spot, I swear to God, I'll probably still watch the playoff, but I'll be very disappointed. I'll, pr- I'll still bet on all the games, though. Um, that if, <clears throat> if if it's an undefeated Tennessee team, they're making it this year. They're going to make it. Um, of course, the biggest game other than the SEC championship, USC and Cal, a makeup game. Cal minus four against USC. I know you guys have been reading up a lot on this. Who do you guys like in this spot? Don't so, care. Uh, I like Lincoln Riley. Uh, not not coaching the game. I don't know who is coaching the game. What a job that must be. 